This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Christian Westerlind Wigstrom, who is the head of Monova. G'day, Christian. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you. Now, Monova used to be called Money Tech Payments, and it's a part of the Money Tech Group, and it's a payments um, company. Uh, just to give us a b- brief burst on what the company, what the business does. Of course. Uh, in the simplest possible form, we automate the movement of funds from one bank account to another. Um, and then we do so in a myriad of different ways, really allowing Australian companies to automate exactly how they receive, manage, and pay funds. Right. Um, and the Money Tech, the Money Tech Group, uh, started by Hugh Evans. What does it do, broadly speaking? So Money Tech was founded in 2003 by Hugh Evans, as you say. Uh, it was initially started as a pure trade finance business um, that offered uh, easy working capital to uh, companies primarily initially in the sort of computer hardware industry. Um, and Hugh has a computer background and uh, was interested in making this available. This is 03, mind you, so it was sort of very early fintech. Uh, was interested in making this available through the use of technology to make it cheaper, more accessible, etc. Over the course of then many years, the initial offering broadened uh, to include other uh, finance facilities and then over time also foreign exchange and Payments, but uh, both the FX and the payments components were really just sort of auxiliary services to the core financing company, um, and then uh, the the creational manoeuvre, if you like, was a realization that we can do so much more around payments uh, with the technology that had already begun, uh, sort of early days, um, than just facilitating the transactions in the connect in connection and in the context of um, financing. Before we drill into the payments business and therefore banking more generally, I just wanted to ask you about your – so you call yourself head of Manoeuvre. Yep. And I can't help noticing when I go onto the Manoeuvre website and under the, um, you know, the About Us, yep. uh, your picture is halfway down the list of uh, staff. So well, is this, is every, this everyone else is a hat? Of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no. Is this? Do you have a philosophy about how uh, leaders of businesses ought to ought to present themselves? Is that is that at what this that's point? I wish I had a super sophisticated answer that was uh, founded in, in in deep medieval philosophy. But <laughs> the the fact is that we have an algorithm that changes the placement of pictures as we go along. So I guess the philosophy there is is probably there in the sense that I don't think I should necessarily be the first face you see because I might not be the most relevant face you see. Um, but if you were to log on again and then again, you'd see that I am either demoted or promoted as we go along. But would you not call yourself CEO? Is that for a reason? Well, so we're part of the Money Tech Group um, and Hugh is the ultimate sort of managing director for for Manuva as well. Um, so head of has become our... Um, I guess, our jargon at Manitech for the heads of the business units, Manuva being one of three. Um, Manuva has a, I guess, a unique position within Manitech in that it's the only one working under its own brand. Um, and the reason for that, in turn, is that the financing and FX businesses are very much targeting the same group of, of clients. These are all businesses. And in their cases, it's a uh, a well-established mid-market company, often with a big balance sheet. So think about a manufacturing company or something um, that then need financing to to propel their growth. Um, The manoeuvre type client is distinctly different. So the manoeuvre type client is often a very young company 
And even if it isn't, it's a company that self-identifies almost always as a startup. So some of our larger clients have about 2,000 members of staff, but they still think of themselves as startups in that they constantly revisit how they do business. Um, And they would be very asset light, I'd say, by and large, and very heavy on growth and scalability. And being able to speak to these distinct groups of clients um, really necessitated having two different faces, uh, two different means of communicating. So we have the MoneyTech brand is still for finance and FX and Maneuver for, for payment. And our websites, as you can tell, look very different. Um, our language is quite different. And also we, I guess the, the members of staff are in some ways quite different too, because we we are people who identify as being essentially one of our, our clients in many ways. We, we think of ourselves as a, at this point, um, very lucky, optimistic um, startup ourselves, and um, we're keen to to service clients in the ways that we think we've experienced ourselves. Mm. You apparently think that um, payments uh, themselves will vanish by about twenty thirty. That um, and you you've talked about the death of payments. What do you mean? So, I believe that in twenty thirty, now you should take the exact prediction of year with probably a grain of salt, but by roughly say twenty thirty. Uh, the experience of paying will no longer be part of our everyday lives. So payments is one of the longest continuous activities of humankind. So the the earliest evidence of a payment taking place is about 40,000 years ago, uh, uh, give or take a few thousand years. and so there are very few things that you can talk to a Stone Age person about and, and both being able to share experiences. Most conversations of that kind will be quite quite short uh, and not much to relate to, but payments you can talk about. So what I think will change massively uh, in, the la- in the next 10 years, and, and they have already changed over the last 10 years, um, is that expectation that you should be interrupting your day which you don't want to interrupt, to part with something you don't want to part with, so money or whatever it is, um, in order to carry on with your life and, and get the experience or the good that you're really after. Um, and so I think of us at this point as being in something of, akin to a kerosene phase. So kerosene is sort of when you've left torches and, and candles behind, but you haven't quite figured out electricity yet. And typically kerosene phases, they're quite common in large sort of technological paradigm shifts. Um, and typically they are a period of enormous investment in something that ultimately ends up living for a very short period of time. In our case now, I think the kerosene consists of having increasingly digital tokens of value. So we have a a card or even an e-wallet or whatever it may be, but we're still expected to do something manual with it. Even the most avant-garde technology we have, whether that is Samsung Pay or Apple Pay, whatever it is, still requires us to stop the conversation you're having, fiddle with your your wallet uh, or your phone, tap or swipe or whatever it is, and then say, oh, sorry about that, Uh, I'm back now. That, I think, will go away. So when you're asking, what do I mean by payments uh, sort of disappearing? I mean, the experience of paying will disappear. And just but, like... But I, uh, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I'm having trouble with this, Christian. So how would you pay? I mean, you've got, still got to pay for things, right? Absolutely. So you will never be paying, but you will have paid. So I'm sure that you have, just like I have, taken an Uber. At the end of the Uber, you step out of the car and there's no fiddling. And you just... You paid. Oh, you were not paying. So you think you think everything's going to be like that? I think that the Uber experience is very rapidly going to cease to be called the Uber experience because it'll be the obvious experience, and that consumers increasingly expect everything to be just like that. It is an invisible payment. It happens in the background while you're getting on with your life, and 
it might sound um, hubristic of a, a smaller <laughs> payments brand to be talking in these sort of terms, but payments experiences have changed a lot in the last 10 years. I mean, it's been 10 years now since Uber did its first ride in California in, in, uh, on the 5th of July, 2010. So sort of halfway in between payments starting to die in the experience of interrupting your day and what I think will be the end of them. Um, but if we think about the impact of it, there might seem like an esoteric thing to be worrying about. But um, around the world at the moment, we are buying something like two billion cups of coffee every day. Let's assume it takes about 15 seconds to buy every cup of coffee. That's 30 billion cups, 30 billion seconds every day. There are roughly 30 million seconds in a year. So as an aggregate human experience, we are wasting a thousand years every day just paying coffees. Uh, imagine what we could do if we were not interrupted. And then you start including every other payment that you include. It, I think it will have a but, huge impact. The way Uber works is you've set, you've set it up by putting your credit card in to begin with, and then every time you travel, obviously it deducts against your credit card. So that's what we're talking about. You'd, you'd, you'd basically set it up, what, whatever you're buying regularly, you would set it up so that you, um, so that it deducts from your credit card or whatever payment mechanism you want um, each time you do it. Is that what you, that's clearly what you're talking about. Exactly, but unlike today, when it's a very siloed experience, you have your Uber account. Um, if you try to sort of go into a tuck shop uh, or a supermarket and just grab something and leave the shop without paying, passing through the till, you would just be a common thief because your Uber account does not keep paying for you when you go into other retail environments. But there are these other islands where a similar thing does happen. So Amazon Go, uh, famously, has a supermarket where you sort of do the same thing. You, it, you Uber it, you go in, you go out. It seems like you don't pay, but obviously you are. Just like you said, you've set something up in advance that keeps track of what you've purchased. So what I believe is going to happen, the death of payments looks something along the lines of a never-ending Uber, Uber experience where whatever this mechanism or company is that keeps track of your purchases, it just keeps paying for you. So you step out of the Uber, you go into the retail uh, retail environment, you, you, you buy a head of salad, you go out of there, you go to a restaurant, you leave the restaurant, but you're not actually, it feels like you just took a, a, a dinner and left without paying. But again, it sort of keeps track of you. Um, yeah. It happens, uh, it, it also happens on toll roads now when it beeps my, That's my right. automatic toll toll payment and I've already set up the account. So uh, is your plan that Maneuver will be central to uh, to all this process? Absolutely. So this is a very much a consumer-driven uh, change, as I think most large changes probably are in technology. Um, and so what we are already seeing is that consumers are demanding increasingly seamless and simple payments experiences. In fact, they don't want to have a payments experience at all. But for that to be the case, businesses that they are being served by have to have increasingly complex and complicated systems in place to cater to these you know, difficult uh, expectations. And just like at once upon a time, it was, it made sense for someone first day in the in the new company to build office furniture. Um, and then at some point you realize, actually, that's not my specialty, I should leave it to someone else. I think we're now sort of getting to a point in payments history where it no longer makes sense for companies that are not specifically payments companies to build payment systems. And so what they're going to be doing is they're going to be outsourcing that just like you're outsourcing your plumbing. And as I said, your office furniture build uh, and, and everything else. And if you are a pure payments company, which is what we are, um, 
where you automate the whole process, not just the receivables bit, which is what most payments companies do, but everything from receive through manage to pay, then I think the market is almost endless uh, because it will become just like it is obvious today that probably day one when you start a new business, you make sure you have an email address. It will become equally obvious that day one, not only do you get an email address uh, or whatever the future means of communication is, you also get a payments platform partner. And uh, my sincere hope, um, but I would say this, is that Maneuver will be, will be that payments partner. Are you t- are you approaching, say, restaurants now to, to and saying to them, why don't we organise it so that your customers don't have to pay, they just walk out and you can sort it out for them? Are you doing that? Uh, we're not, but it's not because... Um, we, we think it's the wrong time. I think it's probably a very good time for restaurants to think about this. I know in, in, in the UK, uh, Barclays has something called uh, Dine and Dash, which where you do exactly what it says. Um, but we are sort of the deep back end. Um, we already move quite a lot of money in Australia, but very few people would have an immediate sense that it's us doing it. They could obviously find out. You can track who, who moves your money and who isn't. But uh, we service businesses only, and those businesses in turn, uh, will be servicing, for instance, restaurants, or they will be servicing uh, directly consumers. So um, one example of where, I guess, something similar is happening, but it's not quite at the consumer level yet, is we're servicing a company that um, makes payments disappear to real estate agents. So real estate agents are, are moving a lot of money They do if they do tenancies. So they, they get rent in on one side and they have to disperse it on the other side to landlords and councils and water utilities and uh, obviously their own revenue account. Um, so in this instance, we're working with a, with a company that is very good at knowing the real estate agency space. And uh, But behind the scenes, as a real estate agent, when you sign up and you configure the payments that have to go in and out so that they just sort of disappear, it's us moving the money. So in, in the context of restaurants, what we would hope will happen, and obviously we are always on the lookout, is that we will come across this brilliant uh, company that knows everything there is to know about restaurants and what they need and what their specific problems are. And then they'll say, in order for us to cater to them, we need to understand, we, we need to be able to move money automatically. Maneuver, we know you do that, so uh, let's work together. I'm afraid we. I found that very interesting, and I'm, uh, we've gone over time, but we'll have to end it there. I'm afraid. Thanks very much, Christian. Thanks, Alan. It was great talking to you. Yeah, I've been talking to Christian Westerlin Wickstrom, who is the head of Manoeuvre, a payments company.